0: This episode of Whatever is sponsored by you. You can help support the show by being a Patreon member. Go to www.patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. And for just five bucks a month, you get early access to episodes. Only five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto.
1: Cause this is my United States of Whatever. And this is my United States of Whatever. And this is my United States of Whatever.
0: Hello, people. What is up? Welcome to Whatever with Jason Soto, the comedy podcast that four out of five proctologists recommend. <laughs> I'm your host Jason Soto, and I am joined, as always, by my compatriot Mary Mitchell. Hi, Mary.
2: Hi, Jason.
0: Uh, so today, Mary, I want to do something kind of different, um, oh. because uh, I realized something, and it's my fault that this happened. Um, we passed up two very important milestones in this show.
2: Oh shit!
0: And so I kind of want to talk about ourselves. Okay. Uh about the podcast about us. I just kind of want to get into this because the two milestones we passed was the first one was we've passed episode 40. Wow. Um that was now 4 episodes ago. We're now in episode 44. Um yeah. but yeah, we we have, we have passed the 40 episode mark, which can be a benchmark for certain shows. Uh you know, I don't know a lot of podcasts that done a lot for I feel like they get to like 20 and then they give up. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are ones that are like on episode 2000 and whatever, so there's like there's like, you know, one end of the spectrum to the other. It's it's really it's really interesting. Um and then you were th- part of 31 of those if I'm doing my math correctly. Uh cuz uh, uh maybe thir- well, maybe 30 cuz you were you were just a guest on one.
2: It was last December.
0: And then I made you a full-time co-host in January. So yeah. So I think about you've been you've been part of 30 episodes, we'll just say that. And um and the other thing I wanted to the milestone we missed was it was a 1-year anniversary. Uh the show is officially 1 year old oh, and um we debuted on uh October twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. And uh episode one featured our friend of the show, the Vern, and we were talking about uh creepy urban legends.
2: Yeah. That and, was
0: good. And uh yeah. So uh but what I wanna talk about our just because um there might be people who are new to the show. Uh they might not know the origin stories of this of this show about us as people. Um, and so I kind of want to kind of give like a, like a, like a, uh, behind the scenes, uh, origin story of where this podcast came from. What, what arose from the ashes (laughs) so much. (laughs) Um, so to people who may not know, and there's probably a lot of people who don't know this, I had a podcast previous to this called the layer of the unwanted, and uh, it was a bad movie podcast that I hosted with my friend, Nolan, who was a guest of this show. And uh, what we did was we just covered bad movies. Um, we did it twice a month, and it was fun. But then eventually, towards the end, we were getting kind of tired of it. Because um, watching, like, eight-plus years of bad movies tends to take a toll on a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there was a point where me and him were just kind of getting burnt out on it. So we just kind of, we stopped. Um, But what I enjoyed out of doing that show was whenever we had guests on, before and after the show, we would just, like, talk bullshit. And I thought it was, like, the most entertaining part. Like, the conversations we had, I thought was, like, entertaining. And I always wanted to, like, secretly record those parts of the show and then release, like, a... Like a bonus show Like before and after the show And then just these conversations we had And so that's where this podcast Sprang from Was just having conversations with my friends Just you know There's no topic No you know preordained thing Nothing you know planned Just get on Skype Turn on a recorder And then let's just talk and see what happens And that's kind of where I got the idea For this show And I wanted it to be a comedy show and then if you go back to like the first like eight or so episodes of the show, I was trying to do like a sketch show in between the the talking conversation parts. I, was, I would do these sketches, which I'm still proud of, but I'm not like putting that down. I thought that was some of the best writing I've done in a while was writing those sketches. And I thoroughly enjoy them. And I go back, listen to them every now and then. And I, I I think I still think they're funny. I just stopped doing it because it just kind of didn't fit with the flow of the show we have going on now. Um and uh so I just stopped doing it, but I still quite enjoy listening to those. And one of my favorite ones, I don't know if you listened to this, Mary, was back in the second episode. I had my friend Heather on, and we did a sketch about uh uh pants pockets for women. <laughs> Because, like, one complaint I've always heard about, and I don't know, maybe you can verify this, that women's pants don't have pockets.
2: Nothing has pockets. Even, like, yeah, no. I always have to give JR, like, my wallet and stuff. Like, I have a purse now, but,
0: like,
2: <laughs> yeah, there's no pockets on anything. It's, it's really annoying.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard that my entire life.
2: <laughs> they have some decent pockets, but but usually for the most part there's no pocket. Sometimes dresses have pockets, and that's cool.
0: <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, I've heard I've heard so many complaints about, you know, like women's jeans either don't have real pockets, like they have like like a like like it looks like it's designed to have a pocket, but it's actually sewn shut. So yeah. you can't actually put your hand in it or anything. Yeah. Or or they're not deep enough.
2: That's another thing. I don't wear jeans, but like a lot of pants that I get like um the pockets are really shallow mm. and they're like oddly shaped. So they're kind of like, it's more for like appearance wise, like fashion. They don't, they don't really serve much of a purpose. They're not, okay. you can't fit your wallet in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, like Felicia, she, she tries to find stuff that has pants or that has pockets. Cause she, she has to wear pants to at her job. She works around chemicals. And so she has to wear some kind of leg covering. So she wears, like, jeans or slacks or, you know, whatever, just as long as her legs are covered so they don't get, you know, acid burns or anything. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm kidding, but she does work around acid, like, a lot. So, you know, she, she actually has come home with, like, holes in her shirt, like, saying, oh, yeah, acid dropped on it today or whatever. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Yeah. <laughs> And she says it so nonchalantly too. It's funny. She's like, oh yeah, it's just an acid it's just an acid hole. That's all happens all the time. Like, okay, I'm (laughs) I'd be I'd be freaked out if I worked around something that dissolved that dissolved clothing in like 0.2 seconds, but (laughs) um But yeah, so when I created the show, I wanted it to be a few things. I wanted it to be a comedy show. I mainly wanted it to be funny. I didn't want to be serious Because in between The Lair of the Unwanted and whatever, I had a very failed podcast that only lasted a few episodes. And it was called, uh, oh, what the hell, like, Soto Pop. And it was supposed to be like a pop culture show where I talk about stuff that was happening in the news and kind of just make fun of it. And I had friends on to do that with. The problem with that was right when I started that show. Everything that was in the news was about Time's Up and Me Too and Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and all – and that's all the news was dominated by was just that. Like, there was nothing else happening.
2: I almost feel like pop culture doesn't even exist anymore. It just feels like something of the past, like giving a shit about, you know, what – jennifer lopez is wearing or what she did like people it's mainly just politics now
0: yeah it kind of yeah you're right you're you're not wrong yeah exactly and so that i stopped doing the show because after like the fourth episode of well okay louis ck got caught masturbating in front of some women like all right this is getting tiring (laughs) Like, like so i just stopped doing it um so I vowed, like, okay, we're not going to do anything serious. We're not going to do politics. I try not to do politics. We try not to do any, like, serious, like, heavy-handed news. Like, oh, there was an earthquake that killed 20,000 people in Iquaguar today or anything like that. Like, you know, we try to just be lighthearted. You know, we just talk about, you know, when I started the show, I was like, let's literally talk about anything. Like, even however minute it is. So, like, one episode, we talked about steak. I talked about steak with my friend Nick. Uh, we talk about the kinds of meat we eat and grilling and like stuff like that, and so that was kind of my vision of this show, and then, um, and then I had you on Mary for the uh, true crime episode because the other thing I wanted to do was I kind of wanted to satire other genre podcasts. So like I wanted to do like, okay, let's mimic a true crime podcast for one episode or let's mimic an advice show for another show or stuff like that. So I had you on and I had such a good time talking to you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. That was a fucking blast.
0: And I got to thinking and I'm like, you know what? Maybe instead of just having different people on because I'm probably going to run out of people and start repeating guests because I don't know a whole lot of people. I'm just gonna get a co-host, and I felt so comfortable talking to you. Um,
2: yeah, well, that's, yeah, and <laughs> and
0: and you were like, yeah, I'm not, I don't do anything really. I'm just at home with my cat and my turtle, and uh, I don't know. You probably got a pig or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs>
2: We've been friends for like a long time. Yeah, probably since what 2003. Like uh, most-
0: God, when was like 2000? 2000...
2: It would have been two thousand three,
0: maybe two thousand three, two thousand four ish. Maybe yeah, right around there,
2: because it was it was, a, it was on Vermont. Live Journal. It was it was when I lived in Vermont, so it was definitely two thousand three. Okay, because I lived there in two thousand four.
0: Okay. So, that's yeah. What yeah. So okay, well, let's get into that. So how we met? We met on Live Journal. Yes. Um. So to anyone to like millennials out there generation Z people who don't know, Live Journal was kinda like Facebook, but it wasn't um annoying. <laughs> uh it was basically you got to write down like your thoughts, your day, what like literally whatever. And you, you know, it was it was like laid out in a journal format, quote unquote. Uh, and then part of this this thing was you can join these groups. Uh, you type in, you do a search engine search for like you know like I did mystery science theater three thousand. So I looked up mystery science theater three thousand groups and I found one, and then that's where I found you.
2: Yes, you had a Tom Servo Facebook profile, um uh, not Facebook Live Journal profile picture. Yes,
0: yes I did. <laughs> I, I remember that too, because it was the caption says something about uh what was it like make. Talks through talks through a movie, but is pre appreci- or something like that. Like, I can't remember how it was worded, but it was something like ugh, I can't think what the name is right now. But, yeah, it was a Tom Serval thing. And it was like a quote anyway. Yeah. um, And so I don't remember exactly what you said in the MST group that made me be like I need to be friends with her.
2: I don't remember either. It was I don't know if it was like what did I meet you or did you meet me? See, I, that I
0: I honestly cannot remember. It was I, so long ago, and uh, I I yeah I've, I've been through a lot since then. So you know <laughs> <laughs> my memory gets a little hazy. Seems
2: like um,
0: a ago. The only thing I could think, and this might sound a little shallow, and I'm going to apologize up front for this, was I think you had a picture of yourself, and I thought you were cute.
2: I, I think I remember that,
0: and I so think I, I think true. I was like, "Hey, she's cute. Let me friend her." <laughs> I, <laughs> well, there might have been, there must have, there was obviously more to it than that, but that was one of the factors into it. I'm just gonna yeah, be on. I'm gonna be honest yeah. right now. I'm gonna be honest right now. That was one of the factors. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I actually, and I think you said something funny too. I think you put a funny quote in a post. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think you compared like an episode to something you were doing in your life or something. I don't honestly remember. But I was just like, "Hey, this chick's kind of cool, and she's cute, and I'm just gonna friend her." So the worst she can do is say no. And then, <laughs> um, you put your AOL instant messenger name in your profile.
2: Yes. Oh right. No. Okay. Now it's coming back to me. And S. It was like oh my god. It was like I think my name was like I hate meatloaf or something like that.
0: Yeah, something like that. (laughs) And um at the time, um yeah, AOL this semester was like the thing. Like back you you guys have no idea how like early two thousands was like hot AOL days. (laughs) It was it was weird. It's really weird thinking back on it now. But um so I remember sending you like a thing on there like, Hey, my name's Jason, I'm in the MST group on Live Journal, and you're like, Hey, I'm Mary, and I also like MST. I think we talked about MST for a minute, and then it just it's just kinda like the show. It just <laughs> evolved into other conversations and we talked yeah. for like hours, I feel like, and then um was this around the time where you were um like a caretaker for this elderly lady? Was this around the same time? Uh- after okay, okay. so, so um, i kind of remember that part two
2: i remember so i when i met you online i lived in vermont and when i moved back <clears> to <throat> massachusetts that was the first job that i got like right away mm-hmm. and that would have been 2004 2005 2006 okay. Okay. and a little bit of 2007 um but yeah i was taking care of um a family friend well somebody i actually considered like a grandmother um but yeah i i took care of her she had really bad dementia and um i stayed with her all day and it was a very hard job but
0: yeah i remember you i remember you doing that and uh thinking well oh, that's kind of cool that's neat that she's doing that
2: oh yeah it was it was it was hard some days were good some days were bad but all in all i'm glad that i got to spend that time with her
0: good i'm glad and then there was a moment in time like a brief moment i don't know how long it was maybe a couple of years you, like, dropped off the face of the planet. Like, you were just gone, and I don't know what happened to you. And I remember even getting worried a little bit, because it was like, you didn't show up on AOL, you didn't show up on LiveJournal. I think maybe you just got into Facebook around this time, and you weren't on there either, and, like, you were were just gone. And then I was like, that's weird.
2: There was a good time period from, like, 2007 to around 2009 where i didn't have the internet um we didn't have like a computer in my house my laptop that was the thing like i had a laptop and it broke and i never got it fixed and we just didn't have a computer after that i remember the only time i would actually be able to go online was um when i went to josephine's house to work she they had a computer there and I'd, I'd only be able to use it, like, maybe 10 minutes at a time.
0: Mm. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, it so yeah. Yeah, but I just remember being, like, worried. I was like, oh, shit, what the hell happened? To-? Like, I remember, like, like a year and a half go by, and I'd be like, what happened to Mary? Like, what the hell? Like, is she okay? <laughs> I didn't know how to get a hold of you. It was like, I don't, I, we didn't have any mutual friends at the time. Like, you know, no one, like, no one of my friends knew you. It was just, like, me and you were the only ones who just knew each other. And I remember like going on Live Journal, and I think I left you like a comment on one of your old posts, like "Where are you?" and stuff like that. And it was just like you were gone. And then one day, out of fucking nowhere, you just like came on the Facebook, and you were just like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
2: no, I remember that. Um, that was like 2009, I think, because uh, my mother had gotten a computer. And, um, we had a computer downstairs. Uh, it was when my mom was really sick and I started using Facebook mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, that that was the, yeah, but there was like a good, like two or three year span where I just didn't have the internet. Yeah. That's great. Home. Yeah. I remember going to the library. I'd have to like walk all the way to the library in East Bridgewater to use their computer and you could only use it for like a half hour at a time. And it mm. was just. Yeah,
0: man. But now you're here.
2: <laughs> I have a I have a high tech phone, a laptop, I'm all modern. I'm no longer living in the 16th century. No, so. yeah, That's no, good.
0: no. Yep, yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, right around episode 11 of this show was wait, what episode did you come on? Might have been earlier than that actually Like episode 8 or 9 I was like I'm going to make Mary a full time Co-host just cause I think we need a co-host You know I just need you know Someone consistent to talk to Someone who can put up with me <laughs> That was the other thing That was like needed cause you know I, I feel like most people get tired of talking to me Um but so far you haven't Shown any signs of that so I'm I'm grateful Um and someone who can match my style of humor, or at least who can tolerate it. And so I was like, let's ask Mary. <laughs> and I
2: feel like a good decision.
0: And thankfully, you said you, episode nine was your first episode.
2: Was and, that the prime one of the first official? That was your first
0: episode where you were the co-host. Oh, that was back on uh, January eighth of this year. Wow. Uh, that was in the before times. <laughs> Before we yeah. knew before we knew what we know now was gonna happen, we were just like, uh, twenty twenty is another year.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, where it was like the biggest problem was like, Oh, Kobe Bryant died.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I remember yeah, Kobe Bryant died. We might go to war, I don't know, and and Australia was on fire. Those were like the three yeah. major issues back in January. And then February hit and then just everything went to shit. <clears throat> <clears throat> um. But yeah. Um. So okay. Let's kind of. I kind of want to dive into just our somewhat. Let's not get super personal, but to our personal lives. Just to, again, for newer listeners who don't know us very well. Just um. Just about us, and just I'll, I'll go first to so you kind of know where you want to go. Okay. Um. So. I was born in 1980. I'm 40 years old, 40 years old. And <laughs> I, I think in my mind, I heard four, but I think I said 40. So I had to repeat it. <laughs> <Four years old. laughs> I'm 40, four zero years old. Um, And I just to make things easy for everybody. I say I was born in Chicago, but I was actually born in Indiana. Um, but it's like, The part of Indiana that might as well be Chicago Because all of our TV, radio, news Everything came from Chicago And it was basically just like Chicago Like we just basically just thought of us As like a suburb of Chicago So whenever strangers and people ask where I'm from I just say Chicago just to make it easy Because if I say I'm from East Chicago, Indiana People are going to get very confused And they're going (laughs) to be like There's an East Chicago? (laughs) <laughs> kind of like uh, Montgomery Burns when he says There's a new Mexico <laughs> <laughs> And so just to s- explain it easily I just say I'm from Chicago But I do um, c- I confidently say it because I've gone to Chicago So much in my life that I know it like, like the back of my hand I know streets, I know suburbs I know where everything's at I can go in there and not get lost know my way around. And would be like, "Oh, there's Wacker Drive. Here's the Sears Tower. Here's the John Hancock Building. Oh, the, you know, this this is where they filmed, you know, The Dark Knight. You know, they filmed it on this street. I recognize. Oh, I watched The Blues Brothers. I know where that bridge is. Stuff like that, you know what I mean? Um so uh I was an only child most of my life. Um my parents were separated. My mom got custody of me. I live with my mom. And I've mentioned this before in the podcast. I lived over a bar uh, for about eight to ten years. Uh, the bar my mom worked at, and it was like a it was like a single bedroom apartment that was like like if I could take a picture of like my living room, that was the size of this apartment wow. <laughs> that we lived in. It was very tiny, and um, uh, yeah, I was the only child. My mom worked a lot. And I'm not saying anything to get sympathy, people are going to say, oh, that's sad, like, I'm not saying, I'm just telling you the truth, this is exactly what happened. And um, I was alone a lot, I didn't have a lot of friends, Uh, I got, you know, picked on at school, uh, just, and I think I only got picked on at school because our school system was very strange, um, our elementary school, where I was actually kind of okay. Like I wasn't popular by any means, but people kind of left me alone, and I did have a couple of friends then. Um, but that ended at sixth grade, <clears throat> and then when I had to go to a different school for seventh grade, and it was there that I ran into my <clears throat> social problems because, uh, that school had was from kindergarten to eighth grade. And so all of my 7th grade classmates went to school with each other for like their entire lives. So it was like they all knew each other. And then here's this strange kid just coming in out of nowhere in the 7th grade from a different school. And so let's just pick on him because he's different. And so um, I did have a couple of friends from this. My friend Adam went to the same school and we're still friends today. Uh, so it wasn't completely like for a loss uh, but then I left. We left there at the eighth grade, and I think I mentioned this story before. Um, when we graduated eighth grade, for some really strange reason, they let us play a song, like just like have a song play during our graduation, and we got to pick it. And I was outvoted like twenty eight to one on this, and they used that Michael Jackson song from Free Willy. Do you know what I'm talking? <laughs> Do you know I'm talking about? Yes, <laughs> that was like our no. song that we played.
2: That that Jason, that is super lame <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't pick it. I just want you to know I didn't pick it. I had nothing to do with it. Like, like
2: one of the li- yeah. That's, <laughs> I forgot about that song.
0: I think a lot of people have forgotten about it. It was huge at the time. That like was- when that song came out, it was like number one.
2: <laughs> oh my god Now I'm get flashbacks of having to see that movie In the movie theater Ugh.
0: <clears throat> What the hell was it even called Hang on I'm gonna look it up Um, Now I don't remember What song I wanted to use And here's the thing back then I didn't listen to like m- New popular songs At the time like I was listening To whatever my mom and my dad was listening To which was either uh Like Oldies music from the '50s and '60s, and my dad listened to classic rock from like the late '60s, early like you know early you know, early I'm sorry late '60s to the '70s, and that was all my musical exposure was was those two things. We didn't have MTV. Uh, I didn't listen to modern music like on the radio. Um I had, like, and again, I didn't have a lot of friends, so I didn't have anyone say, hey, check out this Pearl Jam band that's out now or anything like that. Like, I had no idea what was recent and new. So, so help me God. You know what I think song that I picked? And I think this was just me being, like, kind of a a dick. I think (laughs) I legitimately asked for Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 by Pink Floyd. Hell, yeah. Because the whole school thing, you know, like, the whole... Yeah, there's a skull theme to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that
2: makes way more sense and is probably at least eight billion times cooler than the fucking Free Willy song.
0: Which I just found out it was called "Will You Be There." Oh God! So for anyone out there <coughs> wondering what it was, it was called "Will You." And okay, here's a fun thing: when you Googled the song, you know how when you Google song and it gives Google gives you the lyrics. On the first page. For some reason, these are in German. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's German. Yeah, it's got to be German. Maybe Dutch. I see a lot of umlauts. I can't tell if this is Dutch or German. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about. But anyway, (laughs) so I was outvoted 29 to 1 to have this fucking song play at our graduation. And so I'm just there... Like, you know, I'm just, like, ready to leave this damn school because it was just, like, full of bad memories, and I didn't like any of these people, save for my friend Adam, and uh, and so I'm just sitting there, and, oh, and here's the thing that I don't really talk about a lot, I went to a Catholic school, now, I know I don't enthude, you know, Catholicism, <laughs> like, that's not my personality, I don't ever talk about religion, and I don't people like every time I mention that, they're like, you went to Catholic school <laughs> and it was more of like a it was it was less of a religious choice and more of a, the second option of school for me to go to had like a high crime rate. There was like shootings every day and drugs and gang activity and stuff like that. I lived I, the area that I lived in was a really bad place part of town. And so it was like, well, we can go to the Catholic school, which you know, doesn't have a bad reputation, or we can send him to this public school where he might get shot in the first day. We don't know. So so my parents made that decision and and as a part of this, we had to go to church every Sunday, which I'm gonna tell you right now, when you're in the seventh grade, fucking sucks.
2: (laughs) Never been to church with my family. You what? I've never been to church with my family ever.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, you're lucky.
2: (laughs) I've been to church probably like, I don't know, maybe five times in my life. Maybe, maybe five times. I don't know. Not a lot.
0: (laughs) But, um, so it was kind of like an agreement that we had to go to church. So if I remember correctly, and I'm sure my dad's going to call me and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But the agreement was we had to go to church and we had to give a, I'm going to put this in quotes, quote unquote, a donation to the church. And if we did that, we got so much money off the tuition for the school. If I remember everything correctly, again, this is coming from like 30 years later, so I don't know if I got that exactly right. So that was kind of what the i the that was the whole reason why we went to church was just because we 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 got a deal on the tuition. <laughs> that sounds so funny saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so yeah. So I went to Catholic school and I went to Catholic school for four years. Two years was in middle school, and then my freshman sophomore year was high school. Um, as far as I know, there was no discount to in the tuition in high school, but um. Yeah. So uh that's a little bit about myself. I don't want to go too much into it take up all the time. Um Mary, what's your life story? What about you? I know you're from Boston. Everyone knows you're from Boston cuz <laughs> it it just comes out on the show. Uh but what's your deal? What's your story? You got any I
2: am literally from Boston. I was born in Boston at Brigham and Women's Hospital, which is the great one of the best hospitals in the country. Um in 1983 and I have an older brother named David and <clears throat> we moved a lot when I was a kid. Uh I I went to five different elementary schools because that's how frequently we moved. Um we I lived in New Hampshire for like 4 5 years when I was a kid. Um everybody was mean to us up there so I can totally um <clears throat> sympathize with the bullying thing. I was bullied mm. really bad when I was a kid. Mm. Um cuz we were like the outsiders, you know what I mean? Like these two kids from Massachusetts just show up in New Hampshire in this little tiny town and like all the other kids were like, you know, always just making fun of us and it sucked. But um I had a lot of fun living there. Um just cuz it was like when I was home, like the backyard was like a big forest pretty much. Like we lived in the middle of nowhere, so I had a lot of I used to like be like a little hillbilly kid. <laughs> I was always <laughs> dirty and like, you know, playing in the woods. And, like, you know, <clears throat> I'm just, I love being in the woods. I hate cities. Mm. Uh, definitely a country mouse.
0: Were but, you, Did you consider yourself a tomboy?
2: Oh, definitely. Oh, like a hundred million percent. Like I had an <laughs> older brother, so he was like, my first friend and like who I would like, you know, follow in the footsteps of, he's like, you know, if he did it and thought it was cool, it was like, you know, that's cool. So it was basically, and we, I had like very little friends, like when I was in living in New Hampshire. So it was most, mostly just me and my brother, we would play out in the, in the dirt and the mud. My mom loved to play with us too. She would go out and like turn the hose on and make mud pits for us to play in, and she would mm. play with us I, um that's the thing i am I was always like my mom was like you know my ultimate person in my whole life. she was like the best lady ever she's the best mom um so yeah, it was always just the, kind of like me and my family living in New Hampshire. I was definitely a tomboy um I didn't like wear dresses or things like that i was I liked to be. Wearing t-shirts and sweatpants. I was like kind of weird when I was a kid. I guess I still am about clothes. But like I, I, I couldn't wear like certain fabrics or styles of clothes. Like I, I wouldn't wear sweaters. I'd only mm-hmm. wear t-shirts. I didn't even wear jeans. I'd always wear like sweatpants, which I still do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was that. In, uh, let's see. Lived in New Hampshire. Had a dog named Hank. Had a cat named Trixie. And we moved back to Massachusetts. I went to middle school in Braintree, as picked on a lot there. But I started getting mm-hmm. more friends. Got more friends in high school. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's weird when people ask me like where I'm from, because say yes. I'm from Boston because I was born there, but I've never lived in Boston. I can't really say that I'm from anywhere because I never, my whole life, I never lived in a place long enough to say, like, oh, I'm from there. You know what I mean? Like, I was always moving, like, every four years when we were gotcha. kids. Gotcha. Gotcha. Move, move and move and move and move. <clears throat> and, uh, so, yeah, I don't really know where I'm from, I guess. But I guess <laughs> okay. Like, you know, Quincy, <clears throat> because that's where my parents are from, and that's where my, like, family members are all from Quincy. So, I suppose Quincy, maybe, but. Hmm. I only lived in Quincy for like a couple of years when I was really little, so I don't know. Was um,
0: there was there a, was there a re- I, maybe I missed it? I'm sorry, but was there a reason why you guys moved around so much?
2: Well, <clears throat> when we lived, um, when we we lived in Weymouth, in Massachusetts, which, by the way, was my favorite place that I ever lived in the best time of my entire life was like. <laughs> 1986 87 88 and 89 we lived in this red house in weymouth on commercial street it was the best place ever um <laughs> but my parents because we have a family friend um that i <clears throat> earlier josephine my mother's best friend is her daughter jean and jean mm. lived in wakefield new hampshire and um she had moved up there and we used to go visit her all the time uh, my mom's friend beth also lived up there so we would go like because we were poor like we never like went on vacation vacations we used to like a vacation would be like oh let's drive up and stay the weekend at beth's house in new hampshire and um it was always so nice going up there you go out there and it would be beautiful it'd be quiet it was safe um my uh, my parents were worried about the city because boston the whole that whole area was becoming like really there was like a lot of gangs and stuff and you know uh carjackings that was another thing my parents you know put off by the idea of like us growing up in like a city type place because it was dangerous and like kidnappers and stuff so we moved up to new hampshire we decided to move up um i was about six years old when we moved up to new hampshire in 1990 and um we lived in Ossipee. that was the first place we lived and it was on a dirt road and it, we had no neighbors or anything. it was like only our house on this big huge road so um My parents, I'm not really sure what made them move to the nearby town of Effingham. I think it was because it was closer to where my dad worked. Or my parents were just getting sick of the dirt road. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We moved from Ossipee, New Hampshire to Effingham, New Hampshire. Hmm. And then um, all four of us started getting really fucking sick of living in New Hampshire. Because everybody up there treated us terribly. Even my parents got treated terribly. It took a long time to go anywhere. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, you know me. I'm not an exaggerator or a liar. My (laughs) bus ride to school was literally two fucking hours.
0: Oh, shit. shit.
2: Yeah, we stopped and changed buses midway through because, like, school was so fucking far away. I'm not making that up. Oh, my God. Like, those bus rides are just ingrained in my memories, just being Uh. tortured. All the kids would be mean to me on the bus the whole time. And um, so we were all like always begging, like, let's move back to Massachusetts and let's move back, please. That's where our family is. And that's, you know, (laughs) we had uh, we it was like, wow, we could go to McDonald's or get a pizza or go to the movies or go to the mall or anything like that, because you can't do that in New Hampshire in the middle of nowhere. You Mm -hmm. can't do any of that. It's just literally like you live in the forest. So yeah, like I literally we didn't have any of those fun things. And um I didn't even have cable for several years. Uh, no street lights, no sidewalks, just woods and woods and woods and woods. So um so then in like 1993, my we live my parents were just like let's fucking move back to Massachusetts. Let's just do it. So we moved to Massachusetts. We moved. My mom found a house in Weymouth, uh, right near where my old house was. We moved there. The fucking landlord was absolutely fucking insane. This lady was super crazy and like dangerous, like to the point where like a guy who came in to uh, do the plumbing or or the electricity or something even told my mom that this lady was dangerous and not to, you know, she kept knives in the basement and shit. She's fucking weird. What? What? Yeah, this lady was this lady was crazy she had a cage outside of her house like built onto the side and she would catch squirrels and keep them in the cage and call them she would be like my babies my babies and they were always trying to get out and like she like my neighbor uh this girl tina that was 13 she was older than me she had gone down um because then our landlord lived underneath us in the apartment below and um she invited Tina down there one day to have like lunch or something. And this is a 13 year old girl. My, my landlord probably like in her fifties or sixties when she was down there, the landlord pulled up her shirt and said, look at this. It's a push-up bra. So my boobs don't sag. <laughs> so yeah, I, she told my mother that my mom's like, Holy shit. We need to get out of here. This lady's insane. So then we moved to Braintree. Um, to a house in on Beverly Court, and we lived there for a, a couple of years. And uh, and then my parents got, came into a bunch of money from an inheritance, and uh, we had been renting this whole time. So uh, <coughs> my parents came into money from an inheritance, so we they decided to buy a house. So mm-hmm. we moved again. And then uh, a couple of years later, my parents, for some fucking unknown reason, decided they wanted to live in Vermont. So we moved up to Vermont. We a couple of years of that, my parents realized it sucks living in Vermont, so they moved back to Massachusetts. So <laughs> I've moved so many goddamn times, and wow. I honestly, at this point in my life, I'm 37 years old, I'm a homeowner, I'm never fucking moving again. I'm <laughs> staying right where I am. <laughs> <laughs> so now I guess I can tell people I'm from Halifax, because that's where I'm staying. I'm staying here. I'm not moving.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow holy shit that was a history damn
2: uh, yeah it's probably tedious to listen to it's just me being like and then we lived here for a couple of years and no we just,
0: it you know, wasn't
2: that was, <sighs> that's like the story of my life you know like just moving constantly. just a
0: just the fact that you had to move so well, yeah you had to move like so many times all growing up that's crazy
2: i was always a new kid and we never stayed in a place long enough for me to make any solid friends oh uh, man like my like I said I went to five different elementary schools. I went to Pingree School in Weymouth, then I went to Wessagusset School in Wessagusset, then I went to Ossipee Central School in New Hampshire, then I went to Lakeside Elementary School in Braintree, and then I went to Hollis Elementary School in Braintree. So mm. yeah, I went to five different elementary schools. Jesus. And that's the middle school and high school both separate schools. So yeah I ugh
0: <laughs> Wow. <laughs> People okay. Alright. Well so I...
2: Little bit of odder upbringing than most people, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I, I dig it though. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a uh, personality trait. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think those years spent in New Hampshire made me like really uh, hate cities and be more of a country girl because yeah. I love being in the woods and I love being outside mm-hmm. and I love being in you know away I from. I see that.
0: Stuff. I can see that because, like I said, I grew up mainly by myself. Uh, you know, I was mainly at home a lot and, uh, that's kind of what I want to do now. Just be at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I can totally see that. Uh, all right. And then one last thing I want to do about the history of the show, uh, is just sort of, um, our history of podcasts in general. Cause I'm the only question I get sometimes is like, you know, When did you get into podcasting in general? How did you learn how to do it? And all that stuff And um, really the answer was I kind of taught myself I didn't really have You know, anyone show me How to do it exactly Um, The very first podcast I was ever, ever on Was back in like 2009 I think Uh, It was on a show Called The Lambcast now, let me get into some history into that really quick, just cause I think I bring it up a lot, and I don't people get confused. So there's a website called The Large Association of Movie Blogs. It's shortened to the Lamb. And back when I had a movie website, which I could do a whole episode on that, so just hold off on that. Um, I became a member of this group because it was just basically like a directory. Of movie blogs, like you know, if you wanted to read a movie blog, you go to this website, and you could just scan through this list of you know they'll say, okay, here's the name of the website, here's the type of movies they do, or how they review it, or whatever. And if you're into that, here you go. That's basically what this whole website was about. It was founded by my friend Dylan, Dylan Fields, and uh, <clears throat> who Mary. There's an odd connection between us three here. I met Dylan through Odd Todd. Really? Yes. Um, Odd Todd dot com was this website this guy named Todd had, and yep. he 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 uh, chronicled his life uh, being unemployed. He got laid off back in like the early two thousands, and so he made these flash cartoons about being unemployed, and they're very funny. They're very humorous. Uh, it's still up today. Go check it out. oddtod.com. Todd dot have- But
2: project and say that I know for a fact that Odd Todd is a very good guy in real yes. life. Yes. Oh, yes. He's really yes. nice. He was actually really um supportive and kind to me reached out when my mother passed away. So uh, he, yeah. He yeah. is a really nice guy. Shout he out
0: to honestly He honestly is yes, he is. And so uh Todd would uh say, "Hey, I'll, you know, Uh, if you have a website or something you want to promote, I'll help you promote it. And so, of course, I put in an ad. And so he did that. And on the same page of the ad was this page for a website called Blog Cabins, which I thought was humorous. So I went to it, and uh, that was Dylan's website. And he did movie reviews. And so I started reading his reviews. And he was very notorious for not liking Nicolas Cage. Um. To the point where he kept mentioning it. And so I was like, this is interesting So I I didn't have a problem with Nicolas Cage. I actually kind of liked him. I thought he was hilarious and face-off. So I was like, I don't know what your (laughs) deal is with Nicolas Cage. And so I started talking to him. We became friends. Uh, He created the large association of movie blogs. I signed up for it. I was the fifth member to join the website. And then fast forward a few years later, 2009, he created a podcast for it called The Lambcast. And on episode three, he did a horror movie episode about zombies. And so I asked if I could do it. And I said, I've never done a podcast before. I don't know what you need. And he's like, oh, just get a Skype account, add my name, and I'll call you on this date and we'll talk. And i was like, okay. And so I did it. And then, we, you know, it was a fun discussion about zombie movies. We talked about all kinds of zombie movies. And this is where the inside joke uh, between me and my friend Nick about 28 days later not being a zombie movie came from was this episode. Uh, if you do some Googling, I'm sure you can find the episode. It's still out there somewhere. Um, but then I was done. We were done. And I said, wait, that's that's a podcast? That's all you have to do? is You don't even have to be in the same room? Because my idea at the time was... It was like a radio show. We had to be like in a studio together and you <laughs> got to have like a engineer and everything. And Dylan was like, no, you just Skype and get a Skype recorder. And and then you got to edit the show and that's it. You're done. And so I just did research on my own. I just went off and I was like, okay, how do you do this? What do I need? So I first looked up you know, Skype recorders and I found this one that I'm using to this day um, that – I'm going to say right now, I am pay- I paid for it, but it was only $17, like legitimately $17. And I paid that in like 2009, and I'm still using it to this day, so I'm definitely getting my money's worth out of it. Um, but it's called Total Recorder, and um, if you, for whatever reason, need to switch computers, like I've switched three computers since I got this thing, the license will still be good. You don't got to buy another license or pay again. It, it'll transfer over. So, uh, that's what I'm using to record the show. It's called total recorder. It connects to Skype. Um, we me and Mary are on Skype right now. We use Skype to talk. Um, which is why when this whole lockdown, you know, zoom meeting stuff started happening and everyone's like, Oh, now everyone's doing podcasts, social distancing. And I'm like, I've been fucking doing that for like 10 years. Get with the times, man. <laughs> 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 like this is how we've all, I've always been doing it through Skype um and so uh yeah you just use Skype I use this total recorder I, I record the thing the file saves onto my computer and then I edit it which I'm gonna say editing is probably the most fun and most frustrating part of the whole process because uh you have to kind of get it down right you have to kind of get the flow right uh, you have to learn how to use the editing program, which I use Audacity for. Um, and so uh, that's why I try to have like a clean show throughout. I try not to have too many edit breaks uh, while we're recording. Like we'll take like one or two breaks during the show, but then that's it. Otherwise, everything that you hear is basically what we do on the show. Like I don't edit anything out. Unless it's like a mistake, or Mary gets a phone call, or someone comes and bothers me, or something. That's the only stuff I edit out. Everything else, this is what you're getting. It's unfiltered, unedited. Yeah. Um. So once I learned all that, I then had the idea of, I've always wanted to do a bad movie podcast. And so I contacted um The Lamb. I went back to The Lamb website, and I went to the um forum section, and I said... Uh, Hey, I want to start a bad movie podcast, but uh, I need someone who can kind of deal with the kind of movies I'm going to be watching. And that was where my friend Nolan came into play. And that's how I met Nolan. And uh, honestly, the first interaction I had with him was literally, hey, do you want to do a podcast with me? (laughs) Like, I didn't know him. I knew nothing about him. I read his website once. And then I said, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And he said, sure. And then the rest is history. Okay. uh, That's our little history about the show, about us. I hope you enjoyed it. I did want to do something a little different today uh, just because I didn't know what else to talk about. I was, like, thinking all morning, like, what can we talk about today? And I couldn't think of anything. And so I looked back, and I realized we missed our 40th episode And I missed a one-year anniversary. So I want to say I'm very happy that we've reached this milestone in this show. And uh, I can't wait to do 40 more episodes and another year's worth of shows. And uh, thank you all very much for listening. Mary, thank you for being here. You're awesome. Thank
2: you. You as well.
0: So with that said, you know what time it is?
2: What time is it?
0: It's time for the mixtape.
2: Oh, my God.
0: I know. Alright, Mary, you can go first. What's your song for this week?
2: My pick for this week is... Uh, Suzanne by Leonard Cohen Just
0: cause it's a really
2: weird song and I like it It's a very pretty song
0: Okay I'm not familiar with that one honestly um,
2: Yeah it's, it's Leonard Cohen has some good songs They're really weird and kind of like Different but they're really pretty too
0: Okay Alright Okay that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's Okay it. All right, you always so short and sweet with your song picks. That's that's I, I very much appreciate that. Um, my pick is um, from an album that uh, I think just celebrated a anniversary this month. Um, and it was an album I forgot about, but I remember when it came out. I was I really enjoyed it. Uh, I remember I th- oh, shit. Did my dad get this for me? Either my dad got this for me, or I bought it myself. I don't honestly remember but uh it was uh tom petty um he was in the band tom petty and the heartbreakers but then he went solo like only a couple times and i think this might have been his second solo album which was wildflowers
2: oh i yeah i remember that one i got that for christmas when it came out and i had the flu and i was really sick so that's my my memory of wildflowers
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right um so this is a song off that album it's i completely forgot about it until someone posted like hey it's the whatever year anniversary of wildflowers and it's one of my favorites off the album i got a lot of favorites off that album it's a really good album i do you know i'm not an album guy i don't listen to albums you know front to back like that uh but this one is actually a really good album uh so the song is called it's good to be king and uh i think it's a really cool song it's kind of a Somber sounding song, and the ending's kind of ominous um but i I don't know I really enjoy it. I remember the music video being really fucking weird, like it was just like people sitting in chairs like outside, like kind of p- playing along with the song, and I think Tom Petty had like a crown on or something i never i just I should have gone back and watched the video, but I just remember it being really weird. that's all I can remember. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so my pick is uh, Tom Petty's uh, It's Good to Be King from the Wildflowers album.
1: Suzanne takes you down To her place near the river You can hear the boats go by you'll trust him for he's touched your perfect body with his mind now Suzanne takes your hand and she leads you to the river she is wearing rags and feathers from salvation army counters and the sun pours down like honey on our lady of the harbor and she shows you where to look among the garbage and the flowers there are heroes in the seaweed there are children in the morning they are leaning out for love they will lean that way forever while Suzanne
3: your own world It helps to make friends It's good to meet girls A sweet little queen Who can't run away It's good to be king Whatever it pays Excuse me if I Have some place in my mind Where I go time to time
2: guys so we need to record our top three reasons why you should listen to french toast sunday podcast number
3: three should definitely be our diverse opinions
2: number two should probably be our top three lists that we do every week no it's gotta it's gotta be mark Wahlberg. what about gwyneth paltrow's head it's gotta be fighting the sadness in the swamp of sadness
3: full frontal
2: stories about being lost at sea
3: brendan Fraser being
2: underground helen marron's boobs baltimore accents as heard in the wire
0: underclaws
3: crepes character studies
2: Wait, wait 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 guys what about movies no. Tree rape. Hmm. Tree rape? Yeah, I like tree rape.
3: Tune in every Friday for a new episode of French Toast Sunday podcast brought to you by us at FrenchToastSunday.com. Clothing made out of Burger King wrappers.
0: <laughs> so, Mary, I am amazed at the fact that on this date in November, in the year of our Lord, 2020, that there are still new, brand new coming out of the gate with like episode one, episode two of true crime podcasts. Yeah. Like I feel like true crime podcasts are like a dime a dozen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there's still new ones being made. And I'm like, what can they possibly be covering that of the other 9000 true crime podcasts hadn't covered <laughs> um i guess the only thing i could think of is people are still getting murdered mysteriously i guess that's the only also, thing i could think of
2: there it could be also like you know they're they're discussing the same cases but you know when you discuss a case you know you'll come up with new theories you'll hear other people's opinions about it like you know what if you if if one podcast discusses a a case doesn't mean that like you know there isn't they like covered everything like that's what i feel like is so engaging about true crime is Mm. that you can talk about it forever because you know when you talk about it you start to you know realize things and think of different things and theories and shit especially with like the unsolved ones I about those forever and it's always the same cases because those cases are so fascinating and weird
0: yeah I'm no, yeah, you yeah, you're probably right um but so like I mentioned when we were talking about the um the history of this show i wanted I wanted to uh mimic uh true crime podcast, but i wanted to uh make it only a segment <clears throat> uh so we're gonna do that now we're gonna do a true crime segment here because both Mary and I were really into true crime stuff and uh i this is inspired by something that I read yesterday that I'll talk about. But I do want you to go first, Mary, because your case sounds interesting. Um, yeah. so, uh, so I asked you really spur of the moment this morning, like, hey, do you want to do a true crime thing really quickly? And you mentioned a name. So go for it. Who you got?
2: Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Andrew Gosden because this is like one of those cases that I think about all the fucking time. And it drives <laughs> me absolutely fucking insane. OK. Uh, I, <clears throat> it's so bizarre and it's still unsolved. <clears throat> but um i think it was oh shit now i have to look up the year i'm being all gung-ho in my knowledge of this case and i can't (laughs)
0: that's okay i don't i don't expect you to have a steel trap memory about everything it's it's all good i look stuff up too so okay i feel bad this
2: this kid um andrew gosden he lived in uh doncaster in south yorkshire that's northern uh for people who you know don't know where that is uh So, in September 2007, he was 14 years old, living in uh, South Yorkshire, and um, one day he was on his way to school, and uh, instead of going to school, he skipped, he hid in a park, waited for the bus to go by, waited for all his his parents and everybody to go to work so his house was empty, went back home, changed out of his uh, uniform, put on street clothes, and then... um, went and boarded a uh, a train to London, which is South which is quite a way um, mm-hmm. from Yorkshire all the way down to london and uh, he didn't he was offered a return trip ticket uh, by the uh, woman who sold him the bus ticket and he declined for you know a two way ticket meaning he Either was planning on coming not coming back or planning on somebody bringing him back, or maybe he was going to buy another ticket himself, but who knows so um, he was spotted on CCTV camera at King's Cross station in London, and uh he from there, he just vanished, and okay. no one has seen or heard from him. In all that time, 2007, that's a long time. Nobody Mm -hmm. knows why he went to London, what he was doing there, why he disappeared. And this is like a 14-year-old kid that just didn't tell his parents about anything that he was going. They didn't know why, you know. They thought he was home. Like, when they came home from work, they thought he was up in his room. And it was, like, around supper time that they realized he was missing and they called the cops. And uh, that's when they found the CCTV camera footage but um he hasn't been seen or heard from since And it's just it is so bizarre because what was he doing there right why did he go down there and <clears throat> his parents say that on the morning that he disappeared he woke up and he was particularly irritable which was out of character for him <laughs> um, so whether that has something to do with his disappearance nobody knows um some people theorize he went to london to kill himself which is oh. possible but he was in like central london it's It would be kind of difficult to like kill yourself in the middle of London, in the middle of the day, and then not be found or have any witnesses to that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> people think he might have been kidnapped, which is possible, but why did he go to London in the first place? People think that maybe he went to start a new life and he's alive. That's a strong theory that a lot of people have is that this kid is still alive. Um, I don't know how true that is. Yeah. But he would have to be, like, undercover. Like, this kid's face has been plastered all over the UK since 2007. His face is used as, um in pictures for missing children, uh, they use him as a template. So his face is everywhere. And he's a distinctive-looking kid. So if he was out there living a new life, <clears throat> you'd think that somebody would have said, hey, he, you know, this kid's here. But no, nothing. Absolutely nothing. They haven't heard from him, like, i don't even know what to think about with this case like some people also theorize that he might have been secretly gay and he didn't want to tell his parents and that he met up with somebody um like an older man in london Mm, something went wrong um but yeah nobody knows it's just it is the most bizarre and he was only 14 years old like 14 year old kids aren't really like masters of you know (laughs) (laughs) you know like but where did this kid go and if he yeah 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 where is his body because like i said he was in central london and he was never seen like getting on a train somewhere else or you know any anywhere else the last sighting that his parents believe were true is that somebody said that shortly after he got off the train at king's cross that he was seen at a pizza hut eating like a pizza but Uh. that's unsubstantiated his parents think that it was him but nobody knows like what what the fuck was he doing and why did he do that and he didn't he like skipped school to go there you know like that's it's just really weird
0: yeah that i yeah i remember uh reading about that a little bit that is a very strange uh case like you know what was up with this kid and yeah. uh i don't know yeah i i read all the theories too like you know i i remember reading one about uh I don't remember the whole thing exactly. Something about this this guy went on like Reddit or somewhere and said, Hey, I'm this kid and I'm now twenty whatever years old and uh this is what happened to me but like no one could ever prove that it was actually him.
2: Yeah, people think that it, um people think that it might have been somebody just like fucking around because like I don't think I think he like got some information wrong or something, but um yeah, it's just really weird. That chapter has a really good episode about this case. So if you mm-hmm. if you're interested, go watch the episode and um yeah, and try to I don't know. It's just one of those things. I I right. think a lot. You know, it's like one of those I just <clears throat> can't make sense of anything about it. But,
0: you know. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a that's a very interesting case. So uh thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so mine's when I say the name, it's going to be super well known, you got to roll your eyes, and you be like, "Oh, I know everything about this guy." But I read a book uh just yesterday and it was about his early life and I kind of want to dig into that and it's about Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, yeah. So, there's this book that got turned into a movie and it's called My Friend Dahmer. And I seen the movie first and the movie is really good, like Super done very well. The, the 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 guy that played Jeffrey Dahmer was like on point. Like he was creepy as fuck in this movie. And the whole thing about the, the book in the movie is about um this guy named uh, John who was sort of friends with Dahmer back in high school. And he talks about how uh how he was as a high school student uh, what his life was like, you know, at home and everything, and kind of leading up to his first murder, um, and so just I'll just give like very brief, you know, synopsis of all this because there's a lot here to go into, uh, but the um, and I'm gonna go from the book's point of view of this guy, uh, because most of it was he did some research, he read like the FBI file on Jeffrey Dahmer, and he interviewed like his classmates and stuff like that. Um so you know this isn't all like speculative Or just imagined or anything This is stuff that he researched and figured out Plus he had some own His own experiences with Jeffrey Dahmer Which really is interesting And kind of creepy at the same time Um So teenager Jeffrey Dahmer Uh he went to a school Called Revere High School Uh in Bath, Ohio Which is like a suburb of uh, Akron And, uh, he was, has, you know, the stereotype is he was quiet, kept to himself, uh, didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, they, uh, he says he walked really funny. He had his shoulders hunched over all the time and his arms were just like straight down, like constantly. And I guess he talked in a very strange manner. And so, uh, he and this guy, John only became friends because randomly, Dahmer would do this thing Like in the middle of school Where he'd fake uh, seizures <laughs> And he would just start like yelling Like weird things Like bah! Gah! And then he'd be like having like a seizure In the middle of a hallway And so this guy John And some of his friends found it funny Because you know high school And so um, And so they 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 sort of in a really odd way befriended him and they called themselves the Jeffrey Dahmer Fan Club. And so they would always like they would like say, Hey Dahmer, let's go to this mall and do your thing. Let's freak out these people in this mall. And so they would do that. And they would pay here's a funny thing. They would pay Jeffrey Dahmer to do this. Uh, they would give him like 40 bucks. That's all they can like gather. And they say, we're going to go to this mall and you're going to do your, you know, have your fit and just kind of freak people out. And Jeffrey Dahmer would be like, okay. And he'd do it.
2: He was the the <clears throat> thing that with that too, is, um, that whole, be- when he was like, ah, he was actually, that started by him doing impressions of his mother's, um, yeah. interior designer who had like,
0: well, that actually got corrected in the book in that everyone thought it was a designer, but it was actually his mom.
2: No, that's not true. His mother didn't have CP.
0: Well. I'm 100% the,
2: sure on that. It was his mother's interior designer who had CP. Or um, Well, no. Th- okay,
0: no, not the CP. Yeah, you're right. He, the, the designer had the CP, but Jeffrey Dahmer's mother also had seizures. Oh. And would and would do the the yelling and whatever as well. So there was like speculation that you know Jeffrey Dahmer would say, "Oh yeah, I'm doing the interior designer," but he might actually been inspired by his mom. Hmm. So yeah, the designer did have CP, yes, and the mom did not. I'm um, yes, you're right about that. But you know, and there's no actual proof now of like where he actually drew the inspiration from. It could have just been both. Yeah, could've he could have just drew from both.
2: A teenager.
0: Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna come back to that, but yeah, yeah, good point. Um, and so, he also had a fascination with, uh, skinning animals alive, and they were mainly, like, roadkill. Like, he would find, like, dead, like, rabbits and squirrels and whatever, like, on the side of the road, And he would take them and he would skin them and he'd, you know, rip the flesh off. He'd put, he'd put the bodies into jars of acid, uh, just to see what they did. And he was always like fascinated with stuff like that. Um, and so this book, uh, in the movie kind of just details like his high school life, just how, um, mainly the book this comes through about how, you know, if Jeffrey Dahmer, had maybe more of a better home life because his parents were constantly arguing like all the time. And uh, he had someone to talk to about his repressed feelings because this is when he realized he was gay. And he had feelings, you know, that he couldn't explain and he had these dark thoughts and he had this... Uh, it says in uh, in the book that um, he always... That Dahmer wanted to like have complete control over somebody uh sexually and he didn't like it when they moved. And so, you know, he would attempt to have sex, but the people person would move too much and it would turn him off. And so he always had a fascination of just, you know, just a part person just lying still while Jeffrey Dahmer pleased himself sexually, however you see fit. Um uh <clears throat> there was one instance where uh, someone found a carcass of a dog uh, nailed to a tree and the skull was impaled and someone came across this. Um, yeah, he just did the typical serial killer stuff when they're kids. You know, they kill the animals and stuff like that. There's a story in the book, and I don't know how much of it is true, of um, I think Dahmer kind of talked about it, like, you know, because after he got caught, he gave all kinds of news um, interviews. And, uh, he told the story about how he found this dog wandering in the woods and he captured him with the intent to kill it, but then he couldn't bring himself to do it. So let the dog go. So, and then a there was a oh, good, go ahead.
2: So that that was a good decision.
0: Yeah. It was like one of the very few rare, good decisions. Jeffrey <laughs> made in his life. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was just very. It's a very interesting and detailed look into just this kid, who would eventually grow up to be like one of the nation's worst serial killers, and just kind of seeing, you know, how maybe you know if he wasn't neglected, if people would have paid attention to him, because uh, the guy that wrote the book, he uh, his whole thing was, uh, when he went back to interview like the teachers and the counselors and everything about Dahmer, they would all say. Yeah, we never noticed anything weird about him. He just was just there. He was just a kid who, you know, stayed out of trouble. And so one of the things Dahmer did was uh, to kind of repress these feelings of homosexuality and wanting to kill because he had these urges to kill, but he was trying to hold it, you know, hold them back was he would just constantly be drunk like he just started drinking in high school and. Uh, he would just nonstop drink like all day and all night, and he would drink like beer, hard liquor, anything he get his hands on just to kind of suppress the feelings that he's been feeling because he doesn't know how to release them he has no one to talk to about it his parents are fighting non-stop he doesn't have friends the friends that are kind of around him are only kind of using him as like their entertainment so you know he can't go to those guys and be like hey you know i got this weird feeling for guys and i kind of want to see them dead is that normal yeah. like you know he, he could have no one to talk to like that so um it's then revealed well not revealed this is well known but uh Dahmer kills his first person like two weeks after graduating high school in 1978. He picks up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks, uh, who he takes to his house. Now it's explained that uh Dahmer's parents divorced, and it was a very nasty divorce. The parents like hated each other. And so the the dad uh moved into a hotel nearby town, and the mom who uh, had like you know none on top of the seizures had like a kind of like mental health issues um escaped the town with uh Dahmer's younger brother, and so this left Dahmer in this house alone for like two months like after high school after he graduated high school, he was just in his house by himself, and so with no one there to watch him or whatever, he gave in to his urges and he picked up this guy, Stephen Hicks. Took him to his house, uh, you know, saying, hey, let's, you know, come to my house. Let's get drunk together. Let's to some music or whatever. Uh, and then after a little while, Hicks wanted to leave. And uh, instead of letting him leave, uh, Dahmer hit him with a 10-pound dumbbell. Uh, then eventually strangling him to death with the bar, the dumbbell. And uh, eventually masturbating uh, over the corpse. Sorry to get graphic there, but, you know, that that's part of the territory <laughs> um so this is his first kill was you know was this 18 year old kid you know or nineteen eighteen 19 or 19 year old kid Stephen hicks and uh this is where dahmer gets into the whole dissecting the body burying it in certain parts dissolving other parts in acid you know moving the flesh himself from the bones you know stuff like that um and hiding the body now, what's interesting is he doesn't kill again until like nine years later, like not until like 1987 is when he does his next murder, and then this is just spirals out of control from there. Uh, I won't get into those because those are very well documented. Like his all of his kills, like he he moved in with his grandmother for a little while in um in Wisconsin. Uh, they got along very well. now might have been the reason why. He didn't kill for a long time was because he had a positive influence in his life was his grandmother. And uh but then he still had the urge to just kill and so he would leave the grandmother's house every now and then, pick up a guy, and then just kill him in a in a hotel room. Uh, I do want to talk about, you know, if if you're interested in this and you don't know a lot about it, just kinda look up all of the uh instances that he killed someone, because it's all like, very disturbing, but oddly fascinating. Um, like, you know, especially when he moves into his apartment in Wisconsin, uh, where he, he mainly kills, like, the rest of his victims. But I want to talk about the last guy. <clears throat> the guy that got away. The one that got Dahmer caught. Because of one little... I'm just going to say right now, kind of a funny fact. And it's only funny because I'm a horror movie guy. And the fact... <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it. So... On July 22nd, 1991, uh, Dahmer finds three guys and offers them $100 to go back to his apartment to pose for nude photographs. Uh, One guy uh, named Tracy Edwards says he'll do it, and uh, Edwards goes to his apartment, notices a bunch of, you know, everything stinks, because there's like dozens of dead bodies all over the place, not, you know, not literally out, but like... There were body parts in the refrigerator. He had a freezer with torsos. He had skeletons. There was a barrel of, like, torsos just marinating in acid. Like, it's it was fucking crazy. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Like, I live in an apartment, and I can't imagine, like, my guy next door, like, having all this shit. Like it just freaks me out a little bit because it's like, it was an, it was an apartment.
2: (laughs) Yeah. The people, the rest of the people in the apartment building constantly made complaints to the landlord about the bad smells.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he has this guy Edwards and he, you know, uh, you know, they're looking around the house and then eventually Dahmer tries to handcuff him, uh, or does handcuff him and takes him to the bedroom to do the nude pictures. Um, Edwards is trying to like you know say hey can you let me out these handcuffs, and instead Dahmer focuses his attention and this is the funny part on The Exorcist Part Three, <laughs> which like I don't know why just of all movies to be playing during this time it's that one like there's yeah. something Dom's really
2: shitty taste in movies his favorite movie <laughs> is called uh, Blade Runner. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Ugh. Oh okay. I didn't know that. I didn't see that. But yeah okay. Maybe because the word "blade" in it, because he likes to <laughs> cut people up. That could be it. <laughs> could that could be. be it. So yeah, so they're watching Exodus three. This guy's handcuffed and he's worried, and he notices the 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 the, thir- the fifty seven gallon drum in the corner of the room, which stinks. And Dahmer is like, you know, doing all this weird stuff. He's like putting his head on his chest and saying oh i'm gonna eat your heart and all this stuff so the guy's like trying to escape and he manages to convince dahmer like you know hey i I need to go to the bathroom and uh, all the stuff and dahmer kind of you know has a momentary lapse of concentration uh when um edwards uh gets up punches him in the face and he runs out the door uh, and then at 1130 that night, uh, Edwards flags down two police officers uh, and tells them, hey, this crazy guy's handcuffing me, talking about eating my heart, and he's got weird shit in his apartment. And so they go to the apartment to look in on it. Dahmer is, you know, trying to play it cool, and he's like, oh, he's just a boyfriend, and we just fought and stuff like that. And he didn't explain the handcuffs that were still on the guy, by the way, when he flagged down the, uh, the police officers. And then that was when the cops noticed these uh, Polaroid pictures of uh, mutilated bodies that were taken inside the very apartment they are in. Then they do a search of the fridge. They find all the body parts. They find the freezer full of everything. And again, the rest is history. But uh, I just want to talk about this just because I read that book, you know, my uh, my friend Dahmer. And it's a very interesting read. And I highly recommend it. It's a graphic novel, by the way, just in case I didn't think I mentioned that um drawn by the the writer himself and it's it's very you know it's very interesting read just to hear about you know the life of a serial killer before they become a serial killer and just kind of seeing like you know you're looking at it now back then, like well, those were all the signs, but what if you're right now at that point, like what you know you don't notice anything? <laughs> you're just like this guy's kind of weird but you don't think he's going to become one of the most notorious serial killers in the world right <laughs> um, when you're friends with him in high school you know he's just, just all right. he's a weird kid who comes from this house that's you know parents are fighting all the time and you know yeah whatever I mean there were we had kids like that in my school like you know there I, I remember some weird kids I don't think they became serial killers I gotta hope not um but, you know, it's it's just it's an interesting read. If you don't want to read a book, you can watch the movie. It's called My Friend Dahmer. Uh, I don't think any famous people are in it. I think it was, like, an independently made movie. Um, but I do know it's streaming on Amazon Prime. So check it out. That's it. All right. So, yeah. Uh, all right. And that's going to do it for the show. So let's wrap up, shall we? We shall. Let us wrap up. Whatever with Jason Soto is hosted by me, Jason Soto, and my co-host, Mary Mitchell. I can be found on Twitter at whateverjsoto, on Instagram at whatever's jason, or you can email the show at whateverjsonsoto at gmail.com. You should also head to whateverjsoto.com and join our awesome community there. Uh, this podcast can be found on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you find high-quality podcasts like this. The mixtape intro song was made by friend of the show Lackey, uh, who you can find on his SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash havoc. The beginning and ending song is Liam Lynch's United States of Whatever from this album, Fake Songs. We don't exactly have permission to use this song, But uh, we do got fair use on our side, so stuff it. (laughs) (laughs) The show is made possible thanks to our awesome Patreon members. Patreon members, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Chris R. from AfterCredits.com. Thank you so much, Chris R. Uh, The Vern. Vern from Cinema Recall. Thank you so much. Bill Zaney. Thank you, Bill, so, so much for your support. Mary? Tom. tom. thank you very much tom you 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 rock yes you do. uh big mike mendez thank you so much <laughs> uh mike you are amazing as always and finally our mysterious benefactor known as silent partner
2: thank you mysterious benefactor you're wicked awesome
0: indeed. If you want to be a badass like these guys, support us by going to patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. And for just five bucks a month, you can listen to episodes a full week before they're actually released. And here's a bonus thing. We're going to tease this right now. We are working on a Patreon only show for you guys. It's in the very early developments Uh, It's going to be a written Scripted show so I'm writing it Uh, But Everyone should definitely become A Patreon member so when the show comes out You can hear it because that's the Only place you're going to hear the show is on Patreon So definitely definitely Check it out and that's all we're going to say about that Uh, Mary Thank you so much as always for Being here today I do appreciate you
2: I appreciate Um, you as well My friend
0: Thank you, yes, thank you uh, And thank you all very much for listening to this That is gonna do it uh, Please mask up, wash your goddamn hands And keep your head in the clouds And your feet in the mud Adios Goodbye
2: Cause this is my United States or whatever
3: And this is my United States or whatever